Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. So what are you going to kick off with this week? Well, I'm going to kick off with the Google Developer Conference. Oh, I'll just go and um, I'll do what you did the other day. I'll just go and answer the front door. It may be <laughs> Tell me when you well, finish and I'll come back. Don't, don't, don't doze off just yet because they introduced lots of new things. I mean, a new version right. of Android. Um, uh, Google Maps now being able to tell you in real time when places are busy, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of thing. But the big news is Project Starline. You must have, you want to already, don't you? I know, I do. No, I don't know. Project Starline sound, sounds like the sort of thing devised by people who want to give a whizzy name to something that turns out to be very dull. It isn't dull. What it is, oh, okay. it's video chat, but 3D video chat. So you have a large screen in front of you. And uh, what happens is that the, the camera on the screen captures you in 3D. Mm-hmm. Uh, compresses you in real time and then renders you at the other end. So using it is very like actually sitting opposite someone face to face, except you've got this barrier in the. It's like visiting someone in prison. <laughs> That's what it looks like. <laughs> very, okay, very well, I, I, I'll trust your experience on that. But it is. Uh, I'm, I'm basing it on TV shows, but right. it's it, it does look very good. Of course, you won't going to see it anytime soon in a in a mm. house near you, but uh, it will come, and it looks really very very impressive. It's proper three D sort of face to face chat. Mm. Okay. Anyway, Sounds so if that's too intriguing. modern for you, well, most things are too modern for me. That's true. Let us step back a bit to the golden age of airships. Oh, I've been on an airship. Have you now? When was that? Yes, many years ago as a financial journalist, there was a company set up, which I think was quoted on the Junior Stock Exchange, called Airship Industries. And they were trying to revive the airship, as many people sort of try to, every sort of 10 years or so, it comes around again and again. Well, there's Uh, another company doing it again. They're called Hybrid Air Vehicles. Mm -hmm. And the good thing about airships is they use only 10%, or they emit only 10% of the carbon dioxide of regular planes. Yes, Having and they're planning this for short haul flights. Hmm. And one of the reasons it's for short haul flights is because they're not very quick. So, uh, in the UK, they're planning uh, Liverpool to Belfast, mm-hmm. which will take just under five and a half hours. Yes, they're not quick, but of course, there is a scope, as indeed with the early airships, for some degree of luxury to make you not regret that you're going. That's slowly. very much what they're looking at, certainly according to the, the, the renders, the 3D renders that I've yes. seen. And um, they reckon, actually, by the time you factored in how long it takes to get to an airport and then going through all the you know, queuing up and all that kind of stuff, that it actually work at about the same time as uh, flying somewhere. Quite intriguing. Um, but, of course, they can take off from anywhere. They just go straight up. Yes, they don't the need com- runways. No, that is, that is true. Though if it's very windy, you need a good bit of space because you don't know which direction it's going to go from the tethering mast. And they're not using hydrogen anymore, which, of course, is probably a big advance. Probably a big advance. It was um, really they, rather uh, wonderful to get, to go up in this thing. The, the I don't know how this one is power, but the the airship industries one thing had sort of uh, tilting uh, pro- propellers or turbos yes, either side of the fair. thing, and that was uh, fascinating. But they take taken it to America. Apparently, um, they had a problem. You, know, you may you may be ahead of me on this, um, but each day they had to repair the envelope because no matter where they went in America, people shot at it. 
<laughs> Seriously? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there were holes. Not, I'm glad to say, the, the gondola underneath. So there was never, a, nobody was our accent. But every single time um, they went up in the States, people just took pot shots at it. Oh. Extraordinary. Oh, that's rather sad. Anyway, well, this one from uh, Hybrid Air Vehicles cost £25 million for their Airlander 10. They have a prototype which has taken six test flights and only crashed once. Well, one in six isn't bad. <laughs> one in six isn't bad. <laughs> Why would it's it kind crash? of Russian roulette, isn't it? Well, you wouldn't expect it to crash at all, frankly. But no. Well, I think getting them right it's is fairly low. More difficult I mean, looks. most of the time it's fairly low tech, surely. Yeah. Yeah, you'd think so. So you wonder why it crashed. There's probably a good reason, but uh, they're not saying what it is. Anyway, maybe they'll get it fixed. <laughs> On the uh, going back even further in time, an mm -hmm. Einstein letter, letter to a chum from 1946, mm -hmm. which includes his E equals MC squared equation with now possibly, probably the most famous equation. No, maybe I think pi r squared is probably the most famous, maybe the second most famous equation. Mm -hmm. In, in the world, just sold an auction for one and a quarter million dollars. Hmm. Which is quite a lot, but then it has got Einstein's signature on it, and he's got his, his well-known equation on it. And I, what struck me particularly about this is that this went for one and a quarter million dollars, yes. and a colour print of the same letter would go for about 50p. Yes. And because the original is... And the actual, the original, yes. written by Einstein, yes, yes. which made me, put me in mind of non-fungible tokens. And right. the fact that the first tweet, for example, uh, sold for a shade under $3 million. And you think, well, what were they buying there? Because they're saying this is the first one, but of course yes, it wasn't. Yes. But it's the same principle. A letter by Einstein or a tweet authenticated as the original first tweet. Yes. They're very similar. Yes, that one can't help feeling you've given, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, the importance of the first ever tweet or Einstein's equation e in MC squared. I know which one I would consider rather more important. Um, which do you think has changed the world more? Arguable. Mm, yes, maybe it is. Yes. Which I mean, do you we've think got... has changed the world for the better more? Well, we've got <laughs> E equals MC squared, but you and I don't really know what to do with that equation. That we is perfectly true. With the tweet. No. Yes. Well, I think the best thing to do is take a colour photocopy of it because you can get it for nothing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, well then, let's well, have one of these then. Yes. Right. Back in 2015, hmm. we giggled over the idea of embassy gardens over near the new United States embassy in London, mm. uh, building a swimming pool that spans the space between its two that. towers. That wasn't 2015 we discussed that, was it? It was 2015, yes. September Good 2015. They've built ago. it. They have built it. I saw pictures it of it a while ago, yes. It's an acrylic pool, absolutely clear, 15 metres long, mm -hmm. 35 metres up in the air. 15 metres, quite a long way, really. Yeah. And uh, uh, with 25-metre tubs, swimming pools, I suppose you'd call it, at each end, they right. call them tubs. And it holds 39,000 gallons of water. But what's really interesting about this, apart from the fact that it looks absolutely terrifying to it swim does. in. It's not only terrifying to swim in, but I was also thinking, what happens if you're the person who has to clean it? You don't even oh. get the benefit of swimming. I mean, how do you... No, you don't. 
Because then it's going to get very clean because there's not much point. If there's algae at the bottom, you're going to lose some of the experience. You really are. Yes. And you wouldn't want to lose a swimming trunks in it, would you? <laughs> no, absolutely. No. That would be extremely so bad. It is, it's made of a single piece of acrylic. Hmm. And the journey the acrylic took to get here is quite interesting. It was built in Colorado. Right. And then taken by road to Texas, where it then went on a three-week uh, ship to go to the Netherlands, where it then shipped to, the Til to Tilbury, where it came up the Thames by barge. And then by truck, but in order to get it from the Thames to the place, they had to remove not only road signs, but traffic lights from all the roads that it was going to go down because it was so big. And the 750 ton crane to winch it into place. That is absolutely bizarre. You've got to be pretty sure that nothing is going to move in the buildings either side. I mean, there's certain places where buildings do sort of shift but the buildings do shift yes, yes. i imagine they thought of that well, i'm guessing so though you, yes. you talk regularly of people who clearly have given no thought to the end product <laughs> it, it isn't true, it's yes. odd because in the old days you used to remember the, you know things like you know, rockets or massive trains being taken on road they had to sort of remove things um but yes, yes. you know some of the big swimming pool you don't really think that's going to happen with but you don't but so and who who is able to go is it only people who've actually bought Apartments, yes. or is it open to everybody? Yes. No, no, no. Of course not. People who people who live there. Okay. No it's chance for you and I. No. <laughs> I imagine <laughs> if it has a glass swimming pool between the two, but I imagine it's quite expensive. Yes. Yes, you imagine so. Well, you think that put the price up? I don't know. Oh gosh. Yes, the whole anyway. thing seems utterly amazing. Hmm. Mm. It does. And here's something that's also quite amazing. Mm -hmm. um, engines. So electric cars can have all kinds of uh, engines, and they're looking at hydrogen fuel cells. But, of mm -hmm. course, that's quite difficult to, to make the fuel cells and to store it. But how about an engine that actually runs on pure hydrogen? It is being developed pure? by... You mean pure explosive hydrogen? The thing yeah. that exploded... Well... Yes, oh, that's okay. the one. Yes, right. Yes, okay. Well, a company called well, most cars run on pure explosive, explosive petrol. Well, that's true, but yes, yeah. okay. You see, you have to make the explosions before the engines yes. work. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so this is a company called Aquarius Engines, based in Israel, who have produced mm. a hydrogen engine that only weighs ten kilograms, which is very light for an engine with just a single piston, and the piston. Shuttles what? back and forth, yeah, hmm. with a kind of engine block at each end, so it pushes the uh, pushes the the, the wheels around. Uh, only has twenty parts altogether and needs hmm. no oil, so almost entirely maintenance free. Sounds like a very good idea, and of course, virtually zero emissions. Wow, yeah, it's a good thing. And hydrogen is extraordinary, fairly plentiful. I think I'm going to get it out of water. Yes. And then they have a byproduct out of oxygen, which they can use in all those COVID hospitals. You see, it's win-win all the way around. <laughs> yes. Well, there you are. Uh, well, and that uh, is probably a good time for us just to take a quick pause for breath. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. So, whither now? Well, the Pope's got electric. Expect to see an electric pope an electric somewhere near you soon. Yes. Yes. Well, an electric pope. Is he non fungible? <laughs> the pope is always fungible. 
because you know we'll get rid of one pope and you just install yeah, another one. Yeah, true. With plenty of white smoke involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a start, um, a company called Fisker, who are a startup electric company, like car company, and they are building an electric pope mobile. On which, spec, or has he asked for it? I think they're going to give it to him. Oh. They probably expect people are going to talk about it on radio shows. Uh, more fool them. More fool them. It looks like a, it's not bizarre, it looks like a standard sort of saloon car mm. uh, with a fish tank on the back. <laughs> a glass, a glass cupola, as they call it, but right. it's it looks like well maybe a phone box. Or so a boat goes swimming box. in it as well. That would be good. Oh, would that be good? I would love to see the Pope in his jacuzzi, <laughs> going around bestowing. Um, um, what does he bestow? He probably blesses people, doesn't he? Yes. Oh, intense. Yeah. Anyway, so they reckon they're going to have this built by next year. And who knows? Mm. I've seen pictures of them showing photographs of it to the Pope, who looks suitably bemused. It's hard to tell because he's wearing a mask. So he could be looking bemused and he could just be thinking, what am I looking at here? Anyway, if they got an audience with him, that's pretty good, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. All good and good. So moving along. ITV used to do that show on audience with, didn't they? But they never did the Pope. Which show? There was a show on ITV, and famous people would just sort of rabbit on in front of celebrity guests, an audience with. I can't remember oh, yes, they who did. They were, yeah, yeah, but they never did an audience with the Pope. They, they, missed, the Pope. they missed a chance there. They absolutely did. They should bring it back just for him. Yes, indeed. Um, moving on to hacking, hacking of computers, a big problem, of course. Mm. And we've seen, you know, very recently, we've seen major, major sites being held to ransom for huge sums. Um, and there seems to be little they can do about it. But there may be a solution coming from the University of Michigan, which is called the Morpheus computer. And it, uh, it's a computer that encrypts the uh, location and format of its data. Well, or they all do that, but anyone can hack into it. But what this does is it shuffles the location and encryption format around. Um, well, they describe as every few hundred milliseconds. So I've done the maths, and that seems to me every few tenths of a second. I don't know why they didn't put it in those terms in the first place. Oh, it sounds more impressive. It does sound more impressive, yes, because milliseconds are good by themselves, but hundreds yes, of milliseconds. Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Well, you could say, yes, yes, millions of milliseconds. <laughs> exactly. <Yes. laughs> but, um, <laughs> No, a millisecond is a thousandth of a second. I know, I know. That oh, would be okay. that would be thousands of seconds. It would be thousands of seconds, yes. Yes, yes. yes. So it wouldn't be very slow at all, or very fast at all. That's what I meant. Uh, you'd be absolutely right. Yeah. Anyway, it's um, what they've done is they've loaded a, a fake medical database onto it and um, had a four-month-long bounty program for inviting hackers from around the world to break into it, and no one's managed to break into it. Which is very good. Unless, of course, the, the hackers are deliberately not breaking into it now, because by breaking into it, yes, they might get a little bit of money, but ah, these people it later. would then revise the program. Now, of course, they ah. think, ah, let them think it's invulnerable. Oh, there's a good conspiracy theory. Yeah. Yeah, like well, the sound these, of that one. Yes, these days, that's at all the entertainment we've got, isn't it, coming up with a new conspiracy theory? Oh, well, I suppose theory. it is. But uh, it's yes, people, that's very um, impressive. One people behind it described it like solving a Rubik cube that rearranges itself every time you blink. Mm. Mm. I never managed to do it with the conventional Rubik cube, except with a sort of book telling me how to do it. Could you do it without the book? 
I never got into it. I just hated the idea of it so much. Well, I would have thought you just it, admire the design. It's quite a pretty design. It. It's clever, very clever design. I've always yes. liked that, yeah. I did have a friend who just simply took the stickers off and put them back on again. <laughs> Want to change the colours? Yes. yes. <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Let us move on to our crowdfunding time of the week, please. Oh, you're going to want one of those fanfares then, aren't you? I am. Introducing the Scotsman electric scooter. Now, electric right. scooters, you see electric scooters around, you see them all over the place. But you what's do. different about but this I get, one... But I get indignant every time I see them, because do these do you... people not know that it's actually illegal to use them? Uh, yes, they know. No, they don't care. Okay, right. No. Who? I mean, really? Who really cares about these things? I don't think people even get stopped by the police. Well, no, they don't. But I'm, 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 I see incredibly dangerous driving. All not everybody, but I mean, very recently I was sort of you know just about to turn right, and there was this electric scooter just weaving in and out of cars and yes. big lorries, and you think that's just ridiculous. Yes. Just totally oblivious to the fact that they might actually squash him. Yes. Yes. Anyway, yes. this one, the Scotsman electric scooter. Yes. It's uh, 3D printed. And Ooh. what they do is you tell them how tall you are and how heavy you are, and they print it the scooter customized to your dimensions. So they alter the length of the base and the height of the stem. Hmm. And so you get the scooter that fits you perfectly. I think it's a really well, that would be very idea. clever. Well, very clever. Of course, the alternative is you just have a nut and a bolt in the base and a nut and a bolt. Or well, yes, that the, would the... be simpler. Yes, that would be simple. You could just adjust it yourself. Yes, okay. This one, apart from being a very, very beautiful scooter, also has a little screen on it, and the screen gives you directions to wherever you want to go, and it tells you your speed and probably your amount of battery left and that kind of thing. And your weight. Um, and your weight yeah. uh, is not cheap. The uh, the five hundred watt model starts at a fraction under a thousand pounds, going cheap. up to nearly fifteen hundred pounds for the. 2000 watt model well how much are the electric bikes that you're so keen on oh they're they're around then they're around that kind of price yes mm, given yeah. the choice between standing or sitting i think i'd rather sit well having ridden bikes and electric scooters around paris mm -hmm. uh, where it is legal um let me tell you you feel much more vulnerable on a scooter than you do on a bicycle yeah i would expect that and, and they, they tend to have much incredibly... less road space yes. and they also have incredibly small wheels which yes, not is good for very London. Dangerous. No, because no. of all the potholes. Yeah, exactly. We had our Moving, um, our road. Did I bore you with this last time? We had our road resurfaced very recently. It was extraordinary to watch. Yes, yes, you told me about amazing. that. I oh, did. Sorry, on, on this you. very show last oh, week. Oh yes, <laughs> I knew I'd tell somebody. I couldn't remember uh, who. Okay, then <laughs> you, I will. You told the world. <laughs> <laughs> I will stop immediately before I bang on them saying exactly the same things I said last time. <laughs> but we have uh, no potholes in our road. Move on to um, uh, tardigrades. You know your tardigrades, those little microscopic yes. creatures, tiny, not microscopic. I'm not don't know them personally, but yes, I know of them. Yes. Uh, the thing about tardigrades is they're incredibly tough. They are the toughest animals on the planet. Mm -hmm. And when they get into a particularly harsh environment, they dry up and curl up into a ball. And then they wake themselves up when it's all over. Yes. So uh, people, scientists have been considering whether tardigrades uh, could be um, an instance of panspermia. Panspermia being the idea that life travels between planets 
mm-hmm. by hitching a ride on asteroids. Right. And not what you were thinking at all. Okay. <laughs> I, so, I had no idea what it was. And then suddenly the hitching between planets thing, I suddenly start thinking of the thumbs and hitchhikers of the galaxy, but that's not quite what you meant, obviously. Exactly. So, so scientists were trying to work out whether, in fact, tardigrades uh, could survive mm-hmm. on, uh, on asteroids. And the way they've done this is to fire them out of a gun. <laughs> right, of course they have, yes. Uh, they, they, so they take the tardigrades, they freeze them for 48 hours first to mm. make them curl up into a ball. Mm. And uh, they found that when they fired the gun into sand, they used a gas gun, they fired it into mm. sand, and when they fire it at a speed of 1,845 miles an hour, mm. 60% of the tardigrades survive. Well, that's wonderful, except for the 40% that didn't, I suppose. But um, yes, yeah. is that proof of the concept no. or not? No. No, it's, I think, it sounds like fun, though, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they go paintballing you know, with them. Sometimes we should collect together some of the experiments that we've talked to, uh, about over the last five or six yes. years. Um, so many of them just sound as if scientists got drunk at a party and thought, what will I do if exactly. we did this? And they managed to get sober enough to raise the funding for it. That's the really extraordinary <laughs> yes. part. That is true. That is true. So, uh, what now? Uh, let us move on to uh, the University of Basel, which has produced a quite extraordinary thing, which is uh, enabling a mind has been blind for 40 years mm-hmm. to see. And they do that by uh, injecting the genes from light sensitive algae into the ganglion at the back of his eyes. And by wearing special goggles, he can then see again. Amazing. Isn't that clever? It's it's uh, it treats. I, a particular... I think that trumps firing tardigrades into sand from a cannon. It probably does, doesn't it? Yeah, it probably does. It, it treats a condition known as retinitis pigmentosa, uh, mm. which apparently uh, affects one in about four thousand people. Mm. So, um, if you have uh, retinitis pigmentosa, then don't get fired out of a cannon with a tardigrade. Go and see the University of Basel. They may help you to see again. Okay. Okay, so there we go. That's very impressive. And Werner von Braun. Have you heard of Werner von Braun? Or von I Braun have heard of Werner von Braun. Um, um, Tom Lehrer wrote a wonderful song about him. Oh, did he? I oh, don't know yes. that one. You've not heard that? Oh, it's very good. I will send it to you um, later. Yes, Werner von Braun, oh. German German rocket scientist, um, mm-hmm. instrumental in their um, V1, V2 program, who somehow, although he was apparently quite a top Nazi, suddenly became perfectly acceptable to the Americans because he was helping them with their space program. Exactly. He he wasn't. He was a top Nazi under duress and actually spent some time uh, in a concentration yes. camp. So yes. he was not he, a, a reluctant Nazi. Shall we say. Right. Hmm. Um, well, apparently, as well as uh, building rockets and saying to everyone, it is rocket science, you know, I'm sure he said that every opportunity. <laughs> um, he also used to write uh, science fiction stories. Oh, I didn't know and that. And in 1952, he wrote one called Project Mars, which talks yes. about Mars being colonised uh, by a group of people whose leader is called Elon. Oh, you've got to be joking. No, absolutely not. That's fascinating fact. Isn't don't that know good? I don't know how you get it into a pub quiz question, but it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Oh, I never knew he wrote science fiction. Any good? I haven't read it. I'm going to try and track it down. Yeah, I certainly oh. should. Well, that's probably it for today, then. 
Um, okay. Fascinating stuff. Thank you very much indeed. There'll be more gadgets and gizmos. Um, I'm going to try and see if I can find a friend who lives in that tower. I'm going to go swimming in that pool. But we'll be back with more <laughs> gadgets and gizmos at the same time next week. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.